0: homes.com we've done your homework hello and
1: welcome to happier a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to build happier habits into your daily life this week we'll talk about why you should practice reverse gossip and we'll discuss an email related hack I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, the four tendencies, and human nature. I'm in New York City. Uh, specifically, I'm in Brooklyn right now. And with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, I will be seeing you
0: soon in Montana. Yes, that's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And yeah, Gretchen, we're going to have a family gathering at a ranch in Montana. It's going to be so fun. Yeah, I cannot wait to see everybody. Jack is going to fish for the first time. Excellent. So Excellent. I guess I'll also be fishing for the first time. (laughs) Well, before we jump
1: in, we wanted to mention again our idea of the happier Labor Day. As we mentioned in episode 184, we're gearing up to do something special around the Labor Day holiday. And in the United States, this holiday falls this year on September 3rd. It's always the first Monday of September. And Labor Day is a holiday that it celebrates the contributions and achievements of workers, working people to the strength and prosperity of the country and everything that working people do for all of us and all the work that we do for other people. Um, and it unofficially marks sort of the end of the summer and the beginning of a new year. September is the other January, yes. at least for me. And so just as Valentine's Day is a day to think about your romantic relationships and New Year's Day is a day to think about what you want to achieve in the upcoming year, we're proposing that we all use Labor Day this year as a
0: day to think about our own labor, our own work life. And we can think about this, of course, Gretchen, any time of the year. Yeah. And yes, to all the questioners out there, this is arbitrary that we're picking this day. Except <laughs> it is called Labor Day. Yeah, it is called Labor Day. Yes. Uh But as Gretchen always says, something that can be done at any time is often done at no time. So we are picking this day to ponder these questions.
1: So it's a way to think about what could you do to up your game around your work? So, you know, what do you want to do better? What do you want to change? How can we grow? You could start a side hustle. You know, Chris Gilliboy is always talking about side hustles and side hustle school podcast. You could write a spec script if you're in Hollywood. You could go to a networking event. You could update your resume and start looking for a new job. You could do something as big as switch careers or something as mundane as just Mm -hmm.
0: finally clean out your desk. So it's all about what could you do to make your work life happier, healthier, more productive and more creative. Sounds familiar. Yes. What do you want to accomplish in your upcoming year of work? So we want to um, have you send us your ideas, your questions, your reflections, um, all about using Labor Day as the catalyst.
1: Now, and here's something I've noticed, Elizabeth, um, is that people often find it helpful to buy something that sort of symbolizes their pledge to themselves, or as a reminder of uh, like a something that they want to keep in mind. And so, you know, like maybe you'd buy an office supply, something special, something kind of whimsical or unusually nice, as a way to remind yourself, like, okay, I'm committing. To my work, I'm going to make this change. I'm going to take it to a new level. So sometimes it's like fun to have kind of a physical embodiment of that.
0: Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I like that idea.
1: Yeah. So we're going to be doing this across the Onward Project uh, Podcast. Side Hustle School is going to talk about it from that particular perspective.
0: So is Happier in
1: Hollywood, Elizabeth, right?
0: Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about does your work life define you? And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Ooh, interesting. And you can also post to the hashtag Happier
1: Labor Day. We can all learn from each other. So the more that we can continue this conversation, I think the better off we'll all be as we're thinking about what we could do to have a happier Labor Day.
0: Yeah, so we can't wait to hear what everybody has to say about their own hashtag Happier Labor Day. (laughs) So let us know.
1: Now, Elizabeth, this week our Try This Home tip is to practice reverse gossip. Now, talk about how what put this idea in your head.
0: Well, um, so Gretchen, you know, we have Happier in Hollywood, the podcast I co-host with my writing partner, Sarah. We have a Facebook group and a lot of interesting questions come up in the Facebook group because it's a very supportive place. So sometimes people will just pose a question and (laughs) a lot of people will weigh in. And one of our listeners posed the question. She said that she'd been Visiting a friend, and her friend was so positive and so happy, it spread to her. And mm-hmm. when she got home, she realized she and her husband had sort of gotten into a rut of being negative and pessimistic. Mm. And she and it was impacting her, and so she was asking people for tips how do I be more like my friend, more positive, have better energy? Mm -hmm. And there were lots of great suggestions, but one that just immediately popped out to me was to practice reverse gossip. Ah, and reverse gossip you can probably guess what it is it's Having the habit of saying good things about people instead of saying bad things about people. Ah. And I thought, this seems so obvious. This is a great idea.
1: Yeah, because one of the things that you're influenced by what you do. Like that's one of the psychological truths is like what we put out into the world affects how we feel ourselves. And so if you're saying all these nice things about people, it's just going to lift you up. And and it's also going to focus your attention on the praiseworthy things, admirable things that people do because you'll just notice it more and uh, it'll be on your mind more.
0: Yeah. And it's like, if you start gossiping, you know, the regular kind of gossip about someone, it can send you down a rabbit hole of this person, that person, they did this, they did this. And it really can sort of put you in a sour frame of mind. Yeah, And then the opposite, of course, is true. If you're talking really nicely about somebody, I think it can just make you smile.
1: Well, and here's something else. There's something called trait transfer, which is what we say about other people influences how people see us. So if you describe your coworkers, oh, so brilliant, so charismatic, so, in, so creative, so intelligent, people will just sort of inevitably and um, without realizing it, start to associate you with those positive qualities. But if you say negative things like, oh, this coworker so obnoxious or so boring or something, you start getting associated with those qualities as well. And I remember I had a friend who everybody she met she'd be like oh my gosh this person is the most brilliant writer oh my gosh you can't believe like what this person you know can come up with and
0: it it really did make me think of her as like
1: oh she's so intelligent and discerning and she has all these brilliant friends so it really stuck to her
0: it's funny Gretch. I was noticing this on I was listening to an interview with Mary Lou Henner who was on Taxi yeah sure famous for many things but Taxi being one of them and she was doing that she was talking about all these different people she worked with in these just glowing ways but that felt very authentic yeah and i was thinking about that like oh now she sounds so talented she sounds so funny because she's you know enumerating all these qualities in other people right and i think it's important to say it's not about being fake but it's no. like it's
1: like honestly looking for the things to praise and admire Because often you can pick out different things from an encounter or from a person's behavior. You know, it's sort of like where where do you decide? Um, Well, here's another thing about reverse gossip is I find that like if you pass along, like you would usually not repeat negative gossip, but you might pass along reverse gossip. And that feels so good because I think people assume that it's more likely to be sincere. Like I was in a meeting, Elizabeth, when I was in L.A., as you know, and somebody said, oh, you know, I love your podcast. I love Elizabeth's voice. And I told mm. you that and it's like you know that they're not just saying that because they're not that's pretty attenuated to tell me that, to tell right. you that. Whereas if they said right. it to your face, you might be like, Oh, this is probably what they say to every Oh, you've got a you've got a Facebook podcast or what, you know. No, you've Absolutely. got a great voice. Absolutely. Um so it feels more sincere. And so then then you get into this thing where if people hear what you're saying, they're gonna be really, really touched by it because it, it does seem like um it's more likely that you went out of your way to say it
0: yeah, it's there's just so many good things about talking well of others, and there's really no downside. Well, and here's the downside, I think, from negative gossip
1: is that a lot of times we judge other people's behavior by our own behavior because our own behavior is the thing that we are most familiar with. So we just tend to assume that people behave the way we do, even without realizing it, we just make that assumption. And so if you're in the practice of saying negative things about people behind their backs, it can kind of make you feel a little paranoid and be like, oh, what are people mm-hmm. saying about me behind my back? But yeah, if, but if you're saying nice things about people behind their back, whatever their actual behavior is, you might feel more positive about it because you're not going to have that feeling of like, oh, people, this is what people do the minute you leave the room because you're not doing it. It will seem less likely that other people are doing it, whether or not they are or aren't, you're going to have a more positive view of the world.
0: Yeah, it's like you talk about living in an atmosphere of growth. This is living in an atmosphere of positivity.
1: Yeah, an atmosphere of warmth. Yes. Mm, It's it's lovely.
0: You're right. And it's all about
1: just living your values, you know, being the kind of person that you want to be. And I think gossip is a great, it's very focused. It's a very, you really know when you're doing it. So it's an easy fact. you know. (laughs) It's easy to catch yourself in the act. So let us know if you do try this at home and how reverse gossip works for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at gretchenrubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode. This is episode 181, so you would go to happiercast.com slash 181 for everything related to this episode.
0: Coming up, we've got an email happiness hack. But 1st this break. Okay, Gretch, it's time for a happiness hack. And today um, it's about emailing because, you know, we all are constantly emailing and it's always giving us headaches. Yes.
1: So this is a hack that I have learned the hard way. I will leave it at that. And this is probably (laughs) something where everybody's experienced this. But so this is what I've learned. If I'm writing an email that is a little bit delicate or sensitive Or where there's a lot of moving parts or, you know, sometimes you write an email and you're like, I want to think about this overnight or I want to think about this throughout the day because I want to tweak it. Or maybe I'll think of something else I want to say. Maybe I'm debating exactly who should get it. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. should this person be on it? Should this person not be on it? Anyway, it's an email that's not just an ordinary email. It takes special thought. And what I have learned is do not fill in the recipient line. You can fill in the subject line. You can start drafting it. But do not put in the who's supposed to get that email until you're ready to send it. Because I have had many times where I have thought I was finished with. I was like, oh, I finished that. And then I'm like, no, 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 wait. I wasn't ready to finish it. And hit send too quickly. I've also done things where I had two emails. Like, I'm not really sure how this is possible. But anyway, there were like two emails in, that I, I like double clicked instead of single clicked. And it somehow clicked through to both emails. And it sent mm. before I was done. Or... I think having to do that last step of putting in is kind of reminding you, okay, you're pushing send. Don't do this lightly. You have to add in this last final step. It's like a good final barrier for an email that's a little bit tricky.
0: Yeah, Gretchen, I do the same thing again because I've learned the hard way. Uh Um, I, and I want no chance of an email going before it's ready. So if it's anything, I mean, just anything at all, I don't put anyone in the recipient line until I know I'm ready. Um, or I just put myself, um, if, if for some reason I feel like I need to, um, and then you can leave it in your draft box and then, and go back to it and just make sure you're saying exactly what you want to say. Well, see, maybe
1: this is my problem because I don't really understand or use the draft function very much. I just leave it open on my laptop or my computer mm. until I'm ready to send it. And so it's just out there on my on my desktop um, usually. And um, but I think that's a great idea to put yourself because then if you do send it, it just goes to you. And then yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, I got to deal with that email. Yeah. So this, um. is, this
0: is a hack. I will say, Grish, this is a problem with texts because it's very easy to accidentally send a text like in the middle of writing it. Yes. And so that's why if you have anything kind of um, sensitive, you want to say much better to put it in an email because I think we've all sent regrettable texts accidentally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And also, Gretchen, I've said this before, I think, on Happier in Hollywood and probably on this podcast also. But I always suggest rereading an email, both for content and grammar, because Mm. I really think, especially, obviously, in a work situation, having a professional email is very important. Yeah. Yeah. And when you just
1: take the time to reread it. And then, you know, last week we talked about too many words. You know, Mm. make, if you can tighten that thing and say, and there's six people on the email and you can make it clearer and shorter for them to read, it's like, it's only going to make you look good. Yes. And now for a before and after story. We love these before and after stories. And this one comes
0: from Emily. Yeah. Emily said, last year, I finally managed to form an exercise habit that stuck for the first time in 33 years, despite having a gym membership for 10 years. (laughs) Better than before slash the four tendencies made me realize that the questioner in me hated the wasted time involved with going to the gym. 20 minutes to get there and get set up 20 minutes back. With the actual cardio workout included, that felt like a huge portion of my day. I never managed to stick to the habit more than a few months because I hated how much time it took and how much time was wasted. Your insights help me identify the problem, the wasted time. Mm. Last year, I started running outside instead. I can start and end my workout from my front step. It's hard to get more efficient than that. It also allows me to complete my workout in the morning, which is a much better time for me to work out. No feeling too tired to work out after a long day at work. So I successfully built the habit last year by identifying the
1: problem, that's something we talk about all the time, and embracing my questioner nature. But this year I took it to the next level with more of your strategies. I use scheduling every Sunday to look at the seven-day weather forecast and pick the best days to run. Mm. I plan further by putting out my clothes and shoes the night before. I use the strategy of safeguards to make sure I always get all my runs in every week. If it unexpectedly rains Monday morning, I'll run Tuesday instead. Or if my friend wants to do brunch Sunday morning, I'll move my run to Saturday. I also use pairing to make the runs even more fun. I am only allowed to listen to Happier, Happier in Hollywood, and buy the book while I run, giving Mm -hmm. me another reason not to miss my run. Excellent. I started the habit in the spring of 2017 so that it was well-formed by the time December came around, and I had to go back to the gym. I was able to suck it up and go to the gym for a few months while it was too cold and icy to run outside. The strategies of scheduling and safeguards continued to help. Additionally, after eight or so months of meeting my running goals, I had my streak to fall back on too during the winter. I did not want to break it. The strategy of monitoring gave me the satisfaction of checking off the exercise boxes every week. Along the way, I've lost 20 pounds and feel much healthier and happier.
0: So back to the milestone I hit today. After my run this morning on June 30th, the end of the first half of 2018, I've officially already matched my total miles run in 2017 in half the time. So Gretchen, this is such an awesome before and after story. This
1: is such an awesome before and after story. And it's so exciting to hear how people put the strategies to work. Yeah. And better than before, I talk about the 21 strategies we can use to make or break our habits. And so she used the strategy of safeguard, the strategy of scheduling, the strategy of monitoring, the strategy of pairing. And she used her tendency. So and that's the key thing is once she understood that, like, it was just grading on her question herself, because efficiency is such a high value for questioners typically, Um, Mm -hmm. that that was just a barrier to her. You know, But she didn't even realize it. It's one of these things where you say to yourself, oh, I don't like to exercise. It's like, no, it's not the exercise that is the problem. It's the inefficiency of the exercise that's actually stopping her.
0: Yeah, and I love how she realized that, like, piling on the different techniques yes, <laughs> ensured that she stayed with it, you know, which is a yeah. big thing for you. It's like, don't just do one of these things, yeah. do four of them, and then you know, you'll keep to the habit. So I I just love like, how analytical she is, which is very questioner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like,
1: what's the best way to do this? Well, that is very true. And one of the things that I noticed um, when talking to people about successfully changing a challenging habit is a lot of times they're using multiple strategies. You're right. It's not just mm-hmm. a matter of like, oh, I'm going to make it more convenient using the strategy of convenience. It's like, you no, know, I'm going to use like six different strategies, which sounds really burdensome, but actually... It's not. It's just a matter of thinking about how you can kind of incorporate all different steps around something to really cement it in place. And I have a checklist of if anybody wants to email me and I'll put a link in the show notes. There's sort of a one pager that has all the strategies listed to it. So if you wanted to have like the habit of running or the habit of exercise or the habit of cooking or the habit of reading more, whatever, it takes you through all the strategies so you can think about which ones you might deploy successfully or then cross off the ones that don't work for you. Some of them, some mm-hmm. strategies don't work for some people. So then you're just like, okay, that, yeah, strategy of scheduling doesn't work for me. I'm a rebel. Then I'll also put a link to the quiz. If you don't know if you're a questioner mm. like Emily or an obliger like you, Elizabeth, or an upholder like me or a rebel like Chris Gillibeau, um, I'll put <laughs> a quiz and people can take the quiz and find out what tendency they belong to.
0: So thanks, Emily, and congratulations yes. on your streak. We're very impressed.
1: Yes, well done. And now it's time for a listener question. And as always, you can reach us by leaving us a voicemail question at 774-277-9336, which is also 77-HAPPY-336. Or you can email us or send us a voice memo at uh, podcast at GretchenRubin.com. But you know what, Elizabeth, what I was noticing about our listener questions is that a lot of times we don't really have answers. We usually pick questions where we're we struggling. We're like, this is a really hard question. We don't have a good answer, a simple, clear answer.
0: Yeah, we just like to put the question out there and hope that some of our listeners may have answers, as they usually do. Yeah. So, Gretch, this week's question comes from Lori. She says, in episode 116, you talked about a happiness stumbling block of people who unintentionally, question mark, <laughs> raise the bar, diminishing your accomplishment. Since then, I realized that my husband does this a fair amount of time. For example, just today, I surprised him with a microwaved mug cookie for lunch. While well, he said it was good and thanked me in his parting comment, he said, you could have made my whole lunch and brought it out to me. He was outside working. He thinks he's being funny and joking, but I have begun to realize this is another way to use words of non affirmation. My coinage of one of the five love languages. Mm -hmm. Since words of affirmation is one of my dominant love languages. These comments are not helpful since your podcast. I have pointed this out to him, but he either doesn't comment or says I am too sensitive, but I will keep trying. Mm.
1: So this is tricky now. By way of background, just for people who don't know about the five love languages, we did this a whole episode 80, a very special episode about the five love languages, which is a book written by Gary Chapman, where he says that people have a way of hearing love, of of receiving love. And the five languages that people hear love expressed to them is words of affirmation. Elizabeth, it's interesting. That's Lori's love language. And it's Mm -hmm. also you and me. Yes, also, we are also we, words yes, of affirmation. So we feel your pain, Laurie, because yes, we're words we of affirmation too. There's also quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. Now, here's the thing that I've noticed, Elizabeth, and I don't know about you, but it sounds like it's this is what Laurie has found is that if you're talking to people who are not words of affirmation and you just very clearly spell out to them how important it is for you to get words of affirmation, It doesn't matter I told Jamie this for years and I was like you could get me to do anything you wanted me to do you could manipulate me if you just give me these words of affirmation and he just doesn't do it and I've learned to accept that and be like you know this isn't the guy that I married this isn't and and we've heard from listeners about how to us as people who like this it seems like very easy and why wouldn't people do it but to other people it does not come naturally it does not seem easy
0: Yeah. Um, And also, I think they think it's fake. It's like, if you're just telling me what you want to say and I say it, it has no meaning. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's kind of hard to argue with that. I know. Um, But we're like, just incorporate it into your thinking and then say it. But, you know. Well, and here, um, Laurie's
1: pointing out kind of an interesting twist, which is words of non-affirmation, which is like not he's saying thank you. But then he's saying something that kind of takes back that appreciation (laughs) And so instead of feeling like, oh, I did something lovely for you, it's like, oh, I let you down. That's where the raising the bar comes in.
0: Yeah. And I mean, maybe she could, you know, it sounds like she has talked to him about it. Yeah. um, You know, but if I don't know how clearly she's talked about it, I think sometimes maybe we all we think we've said something, but the other person hasn't really heard it. Yeah. But she could sort of present information, consequences, choice. Yeah. Like when you say things like that, it makes me feel deflated. And then I'm less likely to do similar things in the future. Yeah. Um, Which maybe would have an effect because, hey, then he's not going to get a cookie. Right. (laughs) Um, He's discouraging that behavior in her. Yeah. yeah, it's hard because you don't want to stop doing nice things for your husband just because he doesn't give you words of affirmation. That's what makes it so tricky. No, And that's exactly right. I mean, I think that's the heart of it. I think the heart of it is you have to do it for
1: yourself. You have to do it because this is the kind of atmosphere I want in my household. I want loving gestures. I want thoughtfulness. Mm-hmm. I want consideration. I want to be that kind of person. You know, my spiritual master, St. Therese um, of Lisieux, says, like, when one loves, one does not calculate. And you just mm-hmm. you're doing it for yourself. Not to get those words of affirmation back. You can't do it thinking like, oh, this is going to be great because now I'm going to get those words of affirmation I crave because you because it's not happening. But you can do it for yourself.
0: Yes. You just say when he raises a bar, just tell yourself that's just his sort of knee jerk reaction. And yep. he sounds like he doesn't mean anything about it. I right. mean, She said he's trying to be funny. So maybe she should just take that as he's trying to be funny. She doesn't find it funny, but take his intention for what it is and tell herself, I'm so nice that I made my husband a cookie. Yeah, (laughs) give give yourself a gold star. That's what I do.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, But also, here's the thing about the five love languages. And this is where I think Gary Chapman's model is really helpful. Okay, you're listening for words of affirmation, but maybe he's saying a different love language and you're just not hearing it because it's not in your language. He's out in the yard. Maybe he's mm. an access service guy. Maybe he's thinking, "Here I am working in the yard. I knew we were having people over, it and I knew it was important to her that I have, you know, everything done. And so here I am doing it, and she doesn't even seem to notice all this work that I'm doing. So sometimes it's like, if you feel like someone's not speaking your right. language, think, well, maybe they are speaking it, and I need to have my automatic interpreter running. So that I see that they are trying to give me quality time or they are trying to give gifts. And because I'm listening so hard for those words of affirmation, I'm not hearing what they're trying to communicate because there's just this miscommunication. Very good point. Well, Lori, it's a really interesting, provocative question. I hope this discussion was useful. It was really useful to us to ponder this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I so think we've all dealt with this. So, yes. or many of us have, who have words of affirmation as a love language.
1: Yes, and then there's just the the problem of the raising the bar. Uh, yes, which, as we talked about in one sixteen. So, thank you, Lori, so much for sending that in. We appreciate it.
0: Yes, coming up, I've got a gold star for our mother. But first, this break. Eating processed
1: food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making it an ultra processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog Barnaby loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me.
0: Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com happier. Okay, Gretch, it is time for Demerits and Gold Stars, and you are up this week with a happiness demerit.
1: Yes, this is a demerit that I deserve all the time, but I was especially aware of it when I was recently in Los Angeles. Okay, mm-hmm. so what do we all know? We all know that we should all wear sunscreen all the time, and that I should be wearing sunscreen all the time, too, because like I have red hair and that kind of skin that really, really burns. Mm-hmm. And everybody says, like, it should just be part of your moisturizer, and you should just be wearing it all the time. And I don't, and I thought of this mm. particularly, cause when I was in Los Angeles, I had like this meeting time got moved. And so I ended up spending time unexpectedly kind of walking around outside in the middle of the day. And I was very conscious of the fact that I didn't have any sunscreen on my face. Cause there it was, it was like July in Los Angeles. Right. And why don't I wear sunscreen? <laughs> it's the silliest reason. I just, I have this face cream that I love. It has the most beautiful mm. texture. It has a beautiful smell. Like, I'd never really cared about lotion before or creams. I'm like, mm-hmm. whatever, one's the same as the next. And I think I could get myself to wear one with sunscreen, except I don't want to give up this face cream that I
0: love. Well, can you wear that face cream at night and wear the sunscreen face cream during the day? Well, I have a whole bunch of other products that I use at night now. Oh, I see. I've embraced, well, I, I've embraced dermatological need, products. <laughs> you need to wear sunscreen. I. This may surprise you knowing me, but I will tell you that in like 2002, somebody said something about needing to wear sunscreen every day that just really struck a chord with me. And I have worn sunscreen lotion on my face every day since. That's something I always do. Okay. Maybe it is partly living in L.A., but you really do need to do it. Okay. Okay. Well, You I'm have fo- to give up your nice. I mean, put that on your hands. Yeah. Um, I,
1: that's what I'll do. You know. And by the if anybody's curious what it is, it's emb- Embryolisse Concentrated Lay Cream. Lay like milk, L-A-I-T. I'll put a link mm. to it in the, sh- in the show notes. Yeah, maybe I'll put it on my hands. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the little dads, just so I can enjoy it. Okay. And you can yes. smell it. And I can smell it. Yeah, I, I'm obsessed with smell. So anything that has a good smell, it's like I just want to lather myself in it. Okay, let's just take us up. What's the gold star for this week? Your turn.
0: Okay, Gretch. I am giving mom a gold star this week. Mm. Um, She and dad were recently on a trip. They were in Vail, Colorado, and she was sending us pictures throughout the trip. You know, oh, here's everybody before dinner. Here we are getting ready to go out. And it was so much fun to be getting these pictures like as the trip unfolded. Yes. Yeah, it
1: was much more satisfying um, to see pictures in real time to be like, oh, look, they're stopping to have, you know, on this mountaintop or whatever. Than looking at them after like once, once we're together in a couple weeks or something like that. There was something about getting it that made you feel like it was kind of the chronology of the trip and what they were up to. It was really fun.
0: Yeah, we need to really like make that a family practice. I mean, you're also good about doing that. And I do it a little bit, but I think we should think, like, let's catalog the trip for the family as it unfolds daily or several times a day.
1: Yeah, it's a way of making other people. And also then there's no there's no words to type. There's nothing to respond to. It's just like, oh, look, or like going out to dinner. It's very simple, but it's a great way to have that low level of communication that makes people feel connected. And, you know, what I also like is like mom sent a great picture of dad. Well, I, yeah. since she sent she sent it to me, I can save it and then I can put it in one of my photo albums when I make one of my periodic actual physical photo albums. So that's now I I can save it or like if you sent me that a great picture of Jack, like jumping into the swimming pool, I can save that for my collection. And so yes. um, and then, you know, anything that I particularly like. So it's, it's very efficient and it kind of goes into the long term memory bank that way.
0: Yes, and mom, so mom has also mastered her phone. Yes,
1: yes, so she's really adept a with it now.
0: Secondary gold star. Yes,
1: yeah. <laughs> yes. and that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home, practice reverse gossip. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you.
0: Thank you to our producer, Odelia Rubin. Also, thanks to Andy Bowers and Kristen Meinzer of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com.
1: And if you like this show, just try to guess what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, please <laughs> be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. This really helps us. It helps other listeners find the show. But, Elizabeth, one of the things that's funny is that we also ask people to rate and review us. And usually I never look at reviews, but I did look to see what was going on with our rate and reviews. And I found this review um, from one of our early days. Oh, what is (laughs) it? Here it is. So this is what Madison Y57 wrote three years ago. So this is in the Mm. early days of our podcast. She writes, or he writes, I look forward to writing another review for this podcast in a few months. I hope that by then Gretchen and her sister Elizabeth are more comfortable with the podcasting format (laughs) and that the show feels less like a radio segment and more like a friendly, personal, informative conversation. I just listened to the first episode and it felt like the sisters were reading from a script. Well Elizabeth, we were we did have much more scripted in the early yeah. days, didn't we? That's true. Yeah. I listen to podcasts because they offer something different from blog posts. I don't want to hear a short, underdeveloped skimming of the surface. That's what bullet points in a blog post are for. Again, I'm looking forward to seeing how happier matures. I fully expect the first few episodes of any new podcast to be a bit rusty. Here's hoping that Gretchen and Elizabeth can get more comfortable with the format. Um, oh,
0: well, hopefully we have <laughs> Madison.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Um yeah, it's funny to see something from so long ago and remember those early days. We definitely were nervous, Elizabeth. I remember we would call each other after we did a recording and we'd be like, "Oh my gosh,
0: how did it go?" Yes. <laughs> yeah. So he's he or she is not wrong in in yes. saying we that <laughs> very astute. We hope Madison
1: Y fifty seven that now we're doing a better job at sounding re- relaxed and informed in our conversation. Yeah, it, but I have to say that review is very constructive feedback. It was pretty good. It was helpful. Yes, yes. I'll tell you, that's a good point. It was very <laughs> it was very uh it was very constructive. Yes. It was gentle. It was gentle. And it was hopeful. <laughs> Wishing us well, hoping for the best. <laughs> <laughs> but most people chime in with some good things to say about the show. So Yeah.
0: Yes, yes, and we definitely, do.
1: definitely appreciate those reviews. We love those five stars. As Gold Star Junkies, we love those five star reviews.
0: Words of affirmation. <laughs> Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen
1: Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward.